0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at BYTE.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with BYTE. This is The Pulse of St. Louis. Welcome to The Pulse of St. Louis. I'm Shirley Washington. Tonight, we take a closer look at violence in the Gateway City area, especially gun violence, which is claiming the lives of many people. Chris Hayes reports some of the victims are children it breaks
1: my heart.
2: Katie Chandler stands with her grandkids on their front porch just down the road from where a 16 year old was shot and killed last month. You worry about them when they're not in front of the house or in the house. They've had three relatives shot, two of them died. Then there was the shooting right outside their home. Person shot right out in front of my house. You know the people just drive by and just start shooting. Didn't even, don't even think who else might be out there, a child or something. I talked to more than a dozen people, some of them near where the 12-year-old was shot on Era Avenue. All of them knew someone who's been shot. Then 11-year-old Janiyah Hubbard told me she nearly encountered a gun at her school.
1: Some of our little kids have seen a gun at the red playground. And first, one of them was about to pick it up, but first, um, some of them said, no, we don't supposed to pick it up. We supposed to tell a teacher and they went to get a teacher. Last
2: month alone, four children died in five days in St. Louis shootings. 16-year-old Maisha Cannon was shot in the head sitting on her front porch. That same week, 16-year-old Jason Johnson was shot on Allen near Jefferson Avenue in South St. Louis. The next night, 3-year-old Kennedy Powell and a 6-year-old were shot on Michigan Avenue in South City. Powell died in that shooting. And two days after that, 11-year-old Charnia Keyes was shot in the head inside her home on North 20th Street.
0: Now, the Joshua Transformation Project is hosting its second annual conference on ending violence in America, August 9th and 10th at Beloved Community United Methodist Church in St. Louis. Joining me now, Naisha Thomas. She's the National Training Coordinator of the Joshua Transformation Project, Pastor Richard Dalton, he is the National Director of the Joshua Transformation Project. Reverend Kevin Kosh, he is Senior Pastor of Beloved Community United Methodist Church and President of the Gate District of the Joshua Transformation Project. And then finally, Pastor Stephen R. Vassar, he is Senior Pastor of Compton Hill Baptist Church. Thank you all so much for being here, I appreciate it. Let's start the conversation with reaction because we know that the gun violence in the St. Louis area is disturbing and heartbreaking. It is claiming a lot of lives and we're talking about our children who are also victims. Now, Aisha, let's start with you and then we'll work our way down your right, your reaction when you hear these heartbreaking stories.
1: Oh my goodness, it's just, it breaks my heart to see that so much violence is taking place in our city. But it's it's, it's even worse that um, this violence is affecting our children. Um, And ultimately just basically turning our neighborhoods into just turmoil.
0: Mm -hmm. Pastor Dalton, your reaction sir. Uh,
3: Yes, um, we have lost uh, probably two generations uh, not just the current issue of violence in America today, but if you look back about 20 years or even further, you will see we've lost a lot of children to violence and we're losing this generation as well. But not only to violence, but mass incarceration because that's related to the violence. So uh, it's, it's, we're losing another generation if we don't come together and do something as a community and as churches. Yes, it's heartbreaking to see what's happening with our youth and children.
4: And as the church, we have to be intentional, about utilizing um, those things that have worked to impact the lives of children in positive ways. As grandma used to say, education education will make a difference.
0: Absolutely.
5: Pastor Vassar. And one of the challenges is that we're, often the church that doesn't have the influence that we have, we've always had. Uh, the generation is starting to try to make the church blend in with the culture, uh, and the church is, Uh, essence really changes things. It's the foundation of the family, it's the foundation of everything. It's based on the foundation of the church and the fact that the church is losing its priority and its influence and its impact, I think is causing a lot of it.
0: Pastor Dalton, fill me in and tell me about the Joshua Transformation Project. What exactly does the organization
5: do?
3: Well, we started about three years ago uh, at Beloved United Methodist Church and uh, I was invited to a conference in Atlanta, Georgia to present Uh, the project and from that conference was a national conference and from that conference i was invited to wichita kansas Uh, wichita kansas was the first place outside of st louis that implemented the joshua transformation project so uh, the project is based upon uh, its neighborhood specific and what i mean by that is that we tell churches or we train churches how to come together and create a united front against violence in their own neighborhood pastor, work together just to take care of your neighborhood. Now, if each neighborhood is being taken care of, then the city has an impact. So uh, uh, it's neighborhood specific. Uh, We have a training track, which uh, Naisha will talk about a little bit uh, later. Uh, But the problem, the historical problem, I think, in the church has been pastors really coming together and working on a project that's sustainable. Now we'll come together for marches and rallies and press conferences and things of those nature. But to stay together, like this is the way the project works. Uh, It's sustained by the churches and the community partnering together. So uh, it's just uh, difficult for churches to, uh, some churches, not all churches, to work together on a long-term basis. And we have a long-term problem. We can't just go to a rally and come back and say, praise the Lord. Uh, We've got to stay in the community, we've got to connect with the culture uh, and uh, become a voice of, like, we're going to be light and salt in our community. We're not just going to preach on Sunday uh, and collect collect the tithing offering and go home. We're going to make an investment in our neighborhood uh, because we're losing too many lives. You know, uh, all hands on deck, time out for just church service.
0: Naisha, give me a sense of what the training is about. Tell me what's involved in that.
1: Yes, so there's three tracks to the training. The first track is community engagement. So we are training churches on how to actually reach out and organize um, in their specific neighborhoods. The second track is the neighborhood program development. So according to um, the issues and the problems in that specific um, area where the churches are located, we're gonna teach them how to develop programs that's gonna eradicate those issues and eradicate those problems that is in this specific area. And the last track um, to the program is the neighbor- neighborhood economic development. So we basically train these churches how to form a 50C13 and um, we teach them how to write grant proposals and business plans.
0: Reverend Koss and, and uh, Pastor Vassar. Have your churches actually participated in the training? Yes. Yes. Okay, so tell me your thoughts about what you learned, what you got out of the training. And, and Pastor Vassar, you go first, and then uh, Reverend Koss, you go second.
5: One of the things that's uh, impactful for me is the training of just how close, but again, how far we are from, from reaching our youth. Uh, the youth in the training has taught us how to prioritize being relevant, uh, but also we want to be real. Uh, also, we don't want to be overly theological, but we don't want the essence of God to be taken away from it. You know, the, the essence is if that foundation is, is, is established, then we can be influential as well as impactful. The cause to provoke them to want to do, to, the unity has to be, that we have to intoxicate them with unity, with a desire for unity. And the, the essence is they're, they're focusing so much on geographical location and differences that we're losing the essence of our unity. And with that, there's, a no, there's no value for life.
4: And one of the uh, key things is providing safe places and places for our young people to go and things for them to do, Uh, opportunity for them to be able to participate at different levels within the life of the community, not just in the religious and spiritual level of the community, but all the economic, also in the recreational. And making sure that our communities have those kinds of um, places for our young people to go and activities for them to participate in.
0: Pastor Dalton, do you hear from the young people in the community? I'm curious about what is their message, what are they saying?
3: Well, that's one of the areas that, uh, quite frankly, we need to investigate a little bit further. Uh, What I'm trying to do right now is just build a structure. Mm -hmm. So when we hear from the youth, we have something in place, possibly, that they they can add on to their agenda. Uh, And like Pastor Koss uh, has uh, explained, a safe place. But uh, this year we're focusing on, um, in fact, naisha is bringing together the youth at this conference. So that we do get that kind of feedback as we move forward, you know, for uh, uh, how we're gonna work and identify some of their issues. You know, what do you see as the problem? What is the church doing? What is the church not doing? Are we relevant to you? If we're not, then how do we become relevant? So those are the kind of questions that we're going to pose during the conference and then take uh, an evaluation of those answers and then see if we can insert that in a programmatic thrust to uh, uh, reshape the community and then reshape their lives.
0: So is the conference focusing on gun violence and other types of violence, Naisha? Um, Yes, it is. It's, It's
1: not only just focused on gun violence. but. Um, We train our churches to focus on the issues that are specific to their neighborhood. So that could be um, mass incarceration. Um, That could be opioid, um, the opioid epidemic. Um, Prostitution is one of the issues that um, the Wells Goodfellow Church is trying to eradicate in their neighborhood. So, no, it's just not primarily the gun violence.
0: Pastor Dalton, you were talking about incarceration. Recidivism is a huge, huge problem. How is that issue being addressed?
3: Well, obviously, it's not being addressed uh, as impactful as it could because we still have the recidivism. I think that churches have to begin to uh, dimensionalize their scope of ministry. And what I mean by that is that if violence is related to incarceration and recidivism, how do we as a church set up a program for the community where ex-offenders can come to our church get information on jobs, get in from job training programs, uh, how to re-enter society. Uh, we, we make the mistake of labeling them as ex, uh, ex-offenders, or ex-cons, but uh, uh, they're the re-entry community. They're re-entering the community, you know, and they deserve a second, third, maybe fourth chance. But if we don't have the resources, how can we blame them if, if we can't help them get a job? help their families. They've been incarcerated for a certain period of time. Their families need support while they're in prison. So uh, churches have to begin to look outside the traditional pattern of how they do uh, ministry and uh, set up re-entry programs uh, that would be, uh, that would cut that recidivism rate. And, uh, and then you, uh, how do you know you cut it? You gotta track those people. You know, the people that you service, let's just track them and see what happened. Did they go back after one or two years? see that information has to be documented as well otherwise we don't know what we're doing. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
4: And one of our goals is not just to focus in on the problem but there are many um, solutions that, and in, within the community that's going on right now on um, projects and programs that are actually working within the community and one of those is literally getting into the elementary schools and addressing some of the issues with our children, and one of the things that we uh, are intentional about at Beloved is getting into our local elementary school, which is Hodgins Elementary School, and, the, and our goal is to have at least 20 um, mentors uh, persons within the school actually reading to the children.
0: And that's important. I mean, we have to get our children at a young age and get them engaged in reading and math and the sciences. That is so crucial. I want to talk a little bit more about that when we come back. I've got to take a break. Stay with us when we come back. We will continue the conversation and tell you about this all-important conference after the break. Stay with us. Back in a moment.
1: To hear
3: more, listen to the podcast. Just search for The Pulse of St. Louis.
0: Welcome back to the Pulse of St. Louis. As you know, this year's guest speaker at the End in Violence in America conference is Dr. Bandy Lee. She is an internationally recognized expert on violence. We'll learn more about her strategy right now. And Pastor Dalton, just fill me in and tell me about Dr. Lee. Uh,
3: yes. Uh, Dr. Lee uh, got her, well, she, she's a, a faculty member, first of all, of Yale University, trained at Harvard University. She's also a forensic uh, psychiatrist. She's also uh, has her theological degree. Uh, so she has a broad range of assessing violence from a psychological standpoint, social standpoint, economic standpoint. So uh, uh, she uh, is coming to tell us what is the state of America as her and her colleagues have done research in the area of violence as it impacts our country. Uh, um, so, she also wrote a book, and uh, I'll mention that with caution here, but she wrote a book. Tell me about
0: her strategy, though. Okay. What's her strategy for dealing with violence?
3: Well, uh, the way I interpret her strategy is that, first of all, she's going to, she, because being a scholar in a way, she's going to write and has written different publications to get out to uh, the public about what is really happening because sometimes uh, we don't get all the information on the news, we don't know what's behind the scenes. So they do research behind the scenes and make it palatable to the public to inform them so they can make better choices as they engage violence in their own community because we need research to to back some of our uh, programs. So uh, she's coming to give us some uh, uh, hard data and information about what we can do as a community. She's not gonna be talking over our heads. She's gonna be talking straight to the to, uh, to the public and to, to uh, 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 service providers who are gonna be there in terms of what they can do in their own uh, providing services for the public as well. So uh, can I address something right here? Sure. Yeah, uh, I wanna go back to reading. Mm-hmm. The Justice Department has done research and found out there's a relationship between a lack of reading skills and winding up in prison it's called uh, i'm sure you've heard of it it's called the school to prison pipeline people don't understand at least well i can't say people i don't know all people but some of us don't understand how critical it is pastor cost was just saying about reading and how that impacts uh, uh the choices not only the choices they make but the choices they have to make because they can't read and one of those choices may get, be getting involved with the wrong peer group who can't read as well. So they form their own peer structure based upon their lack of academics. Mm-hmm. And those peer groups become gangs. So, and then they wind up in prison. So the Justice Department can even tell by zip code, okay, this is what's gonna wind up happening. And it's just a prognostication, a speculation, but they've they done research to say, well, in this zip code, there's gonna be a lot of trouble, and a lot of these kids are gonna wind up in a federal prison.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So, uh, and then one more thing.
0: One more thing. One more thing.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, our kids, just like they need to learn reading at an early age, they need to learn conflict resolution skills. See? They need to be able to address at their age level how to deal with conflict. So, as they get older, at least they have some tools. To, to disengage from something that may become very violent. So, and, and uh, I think the schools need to do, do more of that. We have a curriculum, by the way, our church has a curriculum that we're gonna be using in the Gate District with Hodges and Overture mm-hmm. uh, Middle School on conflict resolution skills, yeah.
0: Is that the kind of thing, any programs being implemented
5: at your church as well, Pastor uh, Vasco, regarding those issues? Sister Washington, you know, uh, what we're battling here, there was a term called red herring. And what red herring does, it's, it's, it, would, it would cause an, a fragrance that would, that would keep the dogs from chasing the foxes and chase after the red herring. Our problem is in, in our neighborhoods that we're attacking is distractions. They're not staying, we're not remaining focused enough to avoid the distractions. And when, they, when these young children, when they get out in when they leave the church, uh, they get out in the neighborhoods, the culture distracts them. Once they're distracted, they lose their focus. Once they lose their focus, we need to to embrace, enhance, enable, and encourage them uh, to stay focused. I'm not, I don't want to be... And then
0: how do we do that? Because as you know, peer pressure is a powerful thing and it's real.
5: And it's real. And the essence is, that's why we want to remain relevant, but we want to also not be compromising. We can't compromise our principles. The essence Wrong is still wrong. Right is still right. Uh, unity is still unity. Division is still division. There are certain things that just don't change. We try to change them, but they will not change. So we need to make sure that we're relevant and make sure we're focused and fervent on getting uh, to, our, to our young children.
0: Pastor Dalton, I see you raising your finger. Yeah, no, 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 you
3: know, I've been doing this for years, so I'm kind of, kind of excited. Yeah, jump right in, yeah. absolutely. Uh, what we want to do, uh, the question was what programs? Mm-hmm we want to develop an alternative peer group we want to show what being a positive youth looks like and exemplify that to the community see the the peer groups they have now are negative peer groups like pastor was they go out there and they're distracted because somebody says hey you want to make 500 dollars?" that's a major distraction and that would be a major distraction for me. But anyway, I'm just saying that <laughs> that, 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 that kind of influence, we want to change that kind of cultural thinking by developing an alternative peer group that they can look at. So that's the kind of things that's coming out of Beloved Community United Methodist Church. Mm-hmm. And one no. of the things uh, no, no, go ahead. to add on to that is
4: that we work with the Southside
3: Wellness Center
4: uh, where Ms. Ollie Stewart is the director. And I think it's important for them to also to see success our seniors are successes that's why they are seniors mm-hmm. and many of them have been successful in business many of them have been successful in raising their families many of them have been successful homeowners and some of our young people need to see them as a model so part of what we like to do is just take our young people to the south side senior citizens occasionally and say Amen. Why don't you talk with Ms. Ollie? Why don't you talk to some of the seniors here and find out how they live to be 85 years old?
0: And you're absolutely right. Our seniors have so much knowledge yes. and just great resources and the stories and the lessons that we can learn from them. I mean, they're priceless. Yes. And, and they're so beautiful, just beautiful yeah. people. Yeah, I remember right, in high school, I used to work at a nursing home. And yeah. my friends were like, why are you working at a nursing home? I love being around yes. our seniors. Yeah. They're, I mean, just yes. jewels, yes. just Genius, absolute
5: jewels. They stress keeping the main thing, the main thing. Mm-hmm. See. That's what that's what a non-distraction is. Keep the main thing. Mm-hmm. The main thing. We're on this show. We're not here to talk about the blues or the, we're not here to talk about sports. We're keeping the main thing. The main thing. Mm-hmm. And the, and what keeps you living is what keeps your pulse going. The pulse is the main thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So isn't Absolutely. that. We keep Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Naisha, do the, we
0: have <laughs> programs um, in the Joshua Partnership Project that actually caters to that aspect? of our children going out and engaging with our seniors and seeing role models, positive role models?
1: Yes, and those um, programs are still being developed as we expand our territory and our, expand right, our yeah. base. Um, but yes, um, as um, Pastor Koch mentioned, um, Beloved United Methodist Church specifically has that program set up for the youth to engage with you know, the older community. So, yeah.
0: yeah. Go ahead, Pastor.
1: <laughs>
0: you said he's like Absolutely. a little kid in class. I just <laughs> it's want, I, all good. I just want Go to connect
1: some dots. Here, yes, sir. Okay? Absolutely. Can I, I just, I just
0: Absolutely.
3: want to connect some dots. Absolutely. Uh, one dot mm-hmm. that we need to connect is the opioid crisis mm-hmm. uh, and addiction and what that does in terms of developing a consciousness to do violence. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what we have to look at, and we have... Uh, an addiction specialist coming from Atlanta, Georgia, uh, Mr. Wardell Jones, will be teaching us and training us because in the communities, people addicted. They may wanna get off drugs. They may wanna start a new life, but they don't know how. So we have to, we have to and this is something that we wanna expand with our program. We wanna encourage churches, to st- instead of building a new edifice sometimes, think about uh, building a drug referral treat- treatment center in the neighborhood. Partner with other churches, put it in your annual budget, and let's let's. When somebody comes to the church right now, what, what can we do? You know, we can pray, yeah. But they, but they said, well, I need something right now. Yeah, you know, thanks for the prayer, but I need something right now. And that's so, a
0: huge problem in the St. Louis community, and not just in St. Louis, but across yes. the country. You find that there are not enough facilities available to treat people who are in desperate need of help because they have dependencies, and they're just not. So I think it's awesome that the church is looking at doing something positive about that aspect yes, as well. Yes, we are. Got to take a break. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll tell you how you can participate in the conference that's coming up. You don't want to miss it. Stay with us back after this. Welcome back. You know, you can register to attend the second annual Ending Violence in America Conference at Beloved Community United Methodist Church. It is located at 3115 Park Avenue, St. Louis, Missouri, 63104. The event is August 9th and 10th, starting at 10 a.m. Now remember, Dr. Bandy Lee will speak at harris State University Saturday, August 10th at 3 o'clock in the afternoon at the Emerson Theater. And Pastor Dalton, just fill us in. What can people expect from this conference?
3: Well, first first I want to say this, Uh, it kind of relates to some of the phrases. Uh, In fact, I kind of took it from Dr. King. Uh, uh, Violence anywhere is a threat to peace everywhere. Our violence anywhere will impact peace or the setting of peace. In your community in your neighborhood and uh, if you're not involved then one day you could step out of your house and be a victim and you're given you're right now uh, we're here to give everybody an opportunity to get involved and get some skills this is a solution-based conference by the way shirley it's not just information everybody gets information right, right. but what are the solutions right so we have asked all the workshop leaders and the plenary speakers to give us some tools and skills of solutions so we can make an impact in our neighborhoods
0: and i think you'll do it and thank you so much and thank you for joining us for the pulse of st louis remember if you missed any part of the show download the Pulse on the itunes we'll see you next time